1: Good morning. Welcome to URLK with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara. I love this particular phrase that I'm going to share with you. I used to begin the show with it several years ago, and I don't know, it kind of fell by the side, but today it seems particularly relevant, and and maybe I'll begin beginning with that, as well as, uh, be still thy soul. But let's start with this one. It's a quote from Rabia the Mystic. On a mountain, in a valley, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of the flame. I beheld only God. That's particularly relevant with today's topic, that God does not create trash. So I thank you all for joining me today to talk about a topic that, if we could truly believe it, would cause us, or should cause us maybe, to let go of judgment of others. To let go of a belief that someone is less than we are. To let go of a belief that somehow we are better. How much of our time do we spend striving to show that we are better than that? And yet the reality is we don't need to be better than someone else. We need to be the best that we can be in a circumstance. We just need to be our best self. And that is enough. May I say that again? We just need to be our best self. And that is enough. With that thought in mind, let us begin to join our hearts, our minds, our souls together in a meditative circle, a prayer circle, where we can feel the presence of God with us and we can feel each other. We always leave a spot open for someone to come and fill in later. So anyone who comes and listens to this show, there's a place there for you and we're waiting for you. To join, and as you step into the prayer circle, feel the energy of that circle expand and open up to embrace you and hold your hands and the hand of God as you understand God to be. So, let us start off with breathing. How often do we forget to breathe? and I have to raise my hand, I also forget to breathe. And it is in those times when I fail to breathe. It is in those times when I fail to breathe and in those times when I fail to remember that God is with me always, on the mountain, in the valley, in sorrow, in happiness, in hardship and in ease, God is always with me. It is when I forget those times that I lose myself into the chaos of judgment, the chaos of struggling, the chaos of feeling not enough and having to push out to show I am enough. Instead of just being satisfied with who I am and doing my small part, to help this giant organism that is the planet Earth move forward. And if my small part ignites in one other person a reaction, a desire to do their very best, and they pass that on to another and another, then soon, someday, we will truly recognize that there is no longer a need for fighting amongst ourselves, but instead a need to accept that which we don't understand, to charge against that which is inhumane to others. But to look at that concept as a fundamental basic right, not as who someone believes is God, but how someone treats those around us, around them. And violence is not acceptable. But we need to find a way to deal with violence other than through violence because we are propagating that which we abhor. And I suggest that much of that comes from our failing to take time to breathe. Not think, we think a lot, but breathe. Because when we breathe, we unite ourselves with God. When we take time to free our mind and open it up and let go of our thoughts and allow God to infuse God's thoughts into our mind, love's thoughts into our mind, when we do that, then how we act will be influenced by our allowing our mind to be infused by love with love so we're going to begin with breathing and you can breathe anywhere at your in your office at your desk in the board meeting i have breathed before quietly and no one has noticed. And I also sometimes pause to take a deep breath before I respond to a question. No one has thought I'm odd. And if they have thought I'm odd, that hasn't stopped me from advancing. So I give up carrying what other people think and instead focus on being able to pass that smell test at the end of the day
0: Not that I smell real
1: great, but that my actions were the best that I could do that day under the circumstances. And if they don't raise up or measure up to some sort of standard that I have for the future, that's okay. Because I still have the next minute to begin working on being a better me than I was today. Not me better than you, but the standard is me against me, striving to be the best that I can be. So back to breaths. Why is all this relevant? It's relevant because most of us breathe very shallowly. And I think part of the reason we breathe shallowly, uh, and I've said this many times before, is because the breath needs to just come from our lungs, which are not very far down in our body to our mouth or our nose. And so I encourage people to think of their breath as though they are breathing through a nose in the soles and their feet so that they can elongate that breath. And as you're bringing that first breath in, and we're going to go through three breaths together before we turn on the Niles, Be Still Thy Soul. So we're going to pull that breath up the front of your calves Feel the breath. Focus on the breath coming in at the front of your thighs. Or are you getting out of breath? Don't worry about it. Just sip in some more. This is not a lesson in seeing whether you can hold your breath for a minute. This is a lesson in breathing. The reason singers can sing such long, long pieces is because they have mastered the art of sipping in breath. So as your breath is crossing your hips, your buttocks, and it's coming to your tailbone, the beginning of your divining rod, you are spinning in breath. And now you're going to pull that breath up through your body, and you're going to release the negative energy that's around you, the negative energy that is pulling you into the chaos. And so as you cross your base chakra, you're going to send the fear that comes from this planet back to where it came. And you're going to pull a fearless breath up. Then you're going to come into your solar plexus, excuse me, your sacral chakra. And when you're in your sacral chakra, that is the zone of creativity. And so you're going to bring that creative energy into your breath. So as your breath moves up, sipping, sipping. You're going to have fearless, creative breath. And now you're going to come into that solar plexus, the zone of healing. We are so encumbered by dis-ease that we do not even recognize it. We act as though it's something that needs to be dealt with by doctors and pills and all sorts of things. And we don't realize the importance of Breath. So you're going to pull healing energy from your solar plexus, a so lovely yellow healing energy, and have that to your breath so that your breath is fearless, creative, healing, and we're still sipping in breath as you come up to your heart chakra. Ah, so protected. Sometimes you see people actually bend over and curl curled inward to protect your heart. For now, right now, thrust back your shoulders, square them, and release the energy of love from your heart into the universe. Dare to love, even if your love is not reciprocated. So as you pull your breath past your heart, Feel that breath. Infuse that breath with love, so that your breath is fearless, creative, healing, and loving breath as it pulls up into your throat chakra. Your throat chakra is the place where your words that are ill thought of, as well as those that were well thought of, create is created. It is that binding feeling that sometimes causes you to stop and think, should I say this many times before you do say it? And once the words are out and we regret the words being out, we cannot bring them back. And so their effect will go on for all time for all listeners. So caution in the words that we choose to speak is obviously important. And, the most equally important is the realization that what you did in one day was the best you could do in that day. And now you are going to be better. And so we need to forgive yourself and forgive others for words that were ill-chosen. And so as you move forward, you have fearless, creative, healing, loving, and forgiving breath, now moving up to the zone the third eye between your eyes and your forehead, the zone of manifestation. See yourself today. Project out yourself, your best self. fearlessly, creatively, be a healing person to others by showing love, Compassion, caring, kindness. Choose your words to uplift as opposed to tear down. Even when you feel challenged, see that person today and manifest that into your life today. Today is the only day you have to live. Manifest it into all of your todays and accept yourself as the best you can be in any given day, using you as the mark for being better, not someone else. And now, as you pull this fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting breath up... I want you to open your head as though you're lifting off a baseball cap and I want you to allow your breath to go out and infuse it with the breath of God as you reach your crown chakra. Feel the loving energy of God begin to encase your body. Feel it ignite an electric charge within you. And as you breathe out, breathe out, I am enough. On this, our second breath, I ask you to reach out your dominant hand and take God as you know God to be. Take the hand of God as you know God to be. And feel the energy of God beginning to course through your body as you breathe in through the soles of your feet. Up the calves. Up the thighs. Crossing over. Now begin to pull fearless. Creative. Healing.
0: Loving. Forgiving.
1: Manifesting, divinely infused, inspiring breath through your body.
0: And breathe out, I,
1: I am, am enough. And as you take your next breath in, I would like you to reach out and take the hand of God as someone else knows God to be, by whatever name. And feel the energy of that God merging with your God. Feel the commonality of it, the love of it, the support of it, the energizing effect of it. As you allow your body to be infused with love on either side from God, know that you are enough and you are loved. As you pull your breath through the soles of your feet, up your calves, up your thighs, crossing your buttocks now at your begin, at the beginning, the end, I guess, who knows, of the who knows when fear came first or last. Let go of the fear as you go up the dividing road, you are lighting the sparks of your spine with fearless. Creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting,
0: divinely inspired breath.
1: As you breathe out, I am enough. And I'd like you to sit here in this place and this time. Holding hands with God on either side of you, as you listen for three minutes in forty seconds, breathing in, fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiven, manifesting divinely inspired breath to annihilate be still thy love thy soul. Make me one source of light. Oh, I love that song. I just love it. I love it. I love it. It is such a reminder to me. And because it's such a reminder, it reminds me of an app I found this week. And let me talk to you about that app before we go on to talking about seeing more in others than they show us, something most of us seldom do. Hopefully we arrive at that place at some point, and hopefully when we do arrive there, it's not too late. And maybe if we could start at the get-go, that would be good. But let's talk first about this app. It is called G as in Go, P as in Paul, S as in Sam. G-P-S for the soul. I think it's free. It, I think it's put on by... I Maybe your name is Adriana Huffington for the Huffington Press, and it is very interesting and it is very nice you put this app on. And then when you start it, this little light starts flashing at where your camera is on your phone. And so, which is scary to think that they can tell so much about you through the camera. But guess what, folks? We're wired. Orwell's 1984 has arrived. If we needed any more proof of it, we only needed our own president uh, saying that they weren't listening to our telephone calls. Well, how do we know that? <laughs> the fact that they have them it is kind of an interesting deal. I mean, you know, once you know it's there, <laughs> you know what can you say? So in any event, here we have this great app. So you put your finger... Your index finger, I think it's called. And you just lightly, and believe me, put it lightly. Don't go like, well, you need to do what your stress says to do. But put your finger over your camera and it will measure whether you are in balance. Wow. What an interesting thing. It will measure whether you're in balance. And then it has these little guides on there, and it leads you kind of through a breathing exercise. And it's very nice. And what's exciting is you can create your own. And I created my own. And I used the Niles Be Still Thy Soul as my song. And mine is not nearly as well constructed as theirs. I mean, obviously, they thought about what they were doing before they did it, but I, and I thought I did too, but I guess I don't really. You, if you want pictures, you want to somehow get them onto your phone. Take some pictures of calming things before you do this, because you're going to want your own pictures, obviously. Uh, certainly, I wanted my own pictures, and I don't know, mine's okay. Mine is okay, uh, but I do think that there it is a lovely, lovely app. It is free. And it enables you to feel and see if you are in balance. And uh, it's fairly consistent with how you feel during the day. And you know, there's going to be those who say, oh, well, you're not in balance at all, or you're not at peace at all. What do they know? They only know about their peace and their balance. You know about yours, so trust it. Let me tell you what the call-in number here is: it's 646. 595-3584, may I say that again, 646-595-3584, call me, let's talk today about the idea that God does not create trash, ooh, ooh. And inherent in the word trash is a judgment of worthiness and unworthiness, of being, uh, of such a low life that you can be thrown away like a paper towel. What about those paper towels? Are we treating trees like trash? Trees that are important for the creation of oxygen? It's a question. I'm serious, call in and give me your ideas, 646-595-3584. But the bottom line is, do we treat people like trash? I'm embarrassed to tell you this, that I have consistently said, uh, and until recently, in last summer I met this wonderful guy, I know this isn't a love uh I love Lauren, or whatever it is. This isn't a love program. I met this guy, and it was just this instinctive connection to him, and he was not what I'm about to say. But for the longest time, I was saying to my neighbor, if I see a guy I like, I should just turn and run. And then I would go on and say, because he is trash. What a terrible, terrible thing for me to say. What I was trying to say was he wasn't right for me and folks everybody doesn't have to be right for us but everybody deserves our fair treatment of them as valued human beings granted sometimes they may be showing us they may be challenging us to be our highest self because of the negativity that they are introducing into our lives I'm not going to say that isn't true Granted, we may not we may need to turn and run and get away from that person and recognize that they are not good for our ultimate development in the light in our own light, the light and the path that we are creating, but that does not mean that they are without value that they can just go into the stockpile of Disintegrating, yuckifying, whatever trash does. It has to do something. We've had a time in our culture where we treated uh, a religious. Group as trash maybe we're still having that if we look at what's going on in Ireland and we look at what's going on in Africa and we look at what's going on in the Middle East and we look at what's going on in Chechnya and Bosnia as we look at all these tribal wars that are going on grounded in the idea that one side is not worthy of living I was reading this book by Daniel Silva the other day and it it was just this graphic depiction of what the Germans faced when they first began killing the Jews and exterminating them and of just this massive accumulation of disintegrating body and and the issues that were created and and they were describing these pits that were just bubbling up and these noxious odors coming out of them. And and instead of, of someone realizing this is not the natural order of things, that when you have that level of chaos, that level that level of accumulation something's wrong. Instead, they used that as the ultimate judgment to prove that they were the best by creating these piers and burning the residual remains of the bodies in open space and then taking machines and cracking up the bones. This is making some of you uncomfortable, it made me very uncomfortable what makes me equally uncomfortable is similar things are going on all around our world right now we are forgetting about who we are our interrelationship one with the other we are forgetting that vital point that uh, Yogananda made last week I loved it Uh, I think it's Corinthians 3.16. I'm not sure about that part. Let's see. Yeah, Corinthians
0: 3.16.
1: Know ye not that we are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. We are God's temple, and God dwells within us. That's not a statement about one or two of us. That's a statement about all of us. Now, granted, there are some who have lost sight of that reality. If you have comments, please call in, talk about that. We are of the body, and the body is one is how I've heard that quoted from the more modern uh texts or interpretations of the body Bible. We are of the body, and the body is one. Ooh. So who among us is going to decide which part of the body is trash? If we are if we envision it as our own body which finger are you willing to sacrifice because it is worthless it has no value it's like a paper towel it can be thrown into the trash can and forgotten and nothing will change although I mentioned the part about maybe something is changing with the trees and all, even with our paper towels, because it's interesting. The trees are composed of exactly the same elements as we are composed of. So in any event, we are of the body and the body is one. Our bodies are God's temples and God dwells within us. How do we decide which temple is unworthy? Which temple is trash? Is it because of what they said to us in a particular moment? Is it because of how they acted toward us in a particular moment? And in that moment, do we have the freedom? If I said that, I wanted to say freedom. Do we have the freedom to just walk away? That is an intense, immense freedom, my friends. The absence of that freedom will guide how someone reacts and acts. The absence of that freedom for those who believe that they are better. And then they deprive others of the freedom to walk away, to leave. To be independent, unique, and valued. That is an oppression that is not God. And we need to figure out a way to alert people to that without more violence. We need to spend some of the billions of dollars we spend on weapons on studying how to communicate with one another without taking away from the other. We need to figure out a way to undo this sense of fear that comes with humanity. And we are fortunate because we live in the United States at least in a huge experimental pot that percolates with all of the same hatreds that are in Europe for many of the same reasons. I've heard so many um so many justifications i to this day call in if you can explain to me why it is six four six five nine five three five eight four, and only do that on today's Sunday, the fourteenth of July, why it is that people of Jewish faith deserve such. dislike, poor treatment, disdain. Why is that okay? Why is it okay for those who are are members of uh, the Muslim, the Islamic faith, To be treated and judged as less than by anyone? Are we harboring and carrying forward antiquated notions about humanity that time has shown are not relevant, which cause chaos and peace, hatred, ill will, loss of life in them? Why is it that in the United States there always needs to be a popular group uh, who is disfavored? It started we as a former as someone who studied sociology. I almost said sociologist. If you look, it started in New York City with you could see the movement of people up. So initially, the uh, Italians. Were considered the lesser citizens. They were replaced then by the um, Irish, and then they were replaced by the blacks, and now the blacks, I believe, are being replaced by Latinos. What is this? What? Why do we need? Why do we need a pecking order of value? please call in talk to me about it. If you know why we need a pecking order of someone being more worthy because of how they practice their religion, because of how they, the color of their skin, because of where they live, please call me 646-595-3584. I have been studying this and I am confused. How did this start and how do we stop it? How do we stop it? What can we do? Well, I guess we begin, how brash I am to think I know an answer, but I think we begin by focusing on ourselves and teaching our children to focus on their behavior. So that when the child comes home from school and they begin telling the stories about somebody made somebody else do something else, you begin making that dichotomy, and begin separating that thinking, and saying, no, no one made you do that. You chose to do that. Why did you choose to do that? Well, because, can I give you a perfect, silly little example, but it works so well. We justify so much of what we do because we claim that we had to do it because of the way someone else acted. We don't have to engage in any negative conduct. No one makes us engage in negative conduct. Of course, we have to temper that once again with presuming we have the freedom to walk away. So perhaps the answer lies in working to give people the freedom to walk away and helping those in power understand that that is the way to have true power. People stay because they want to. People live this way because they want to. I mean, we hear so much about how people around the world—how terrible it is to have multiple spouses. I think there are places where there's more than one husband, by the way. But they, they, everybody we hear about it. Then we have television programs all over the place talking about sister wives, and these women are not children. I think certainly children uh being told that they have to get married when they're children and being told that they need to marry an older man is not free they're not free to walk away, but it appears to be a culture that could be acceptable to someone and does it matter to us in the end if the people can walk away if they are content in at peace? if they are not being physically abused. Because if they were being physically abused, we want to enable them in our training, in our thinking, in our talking, to know they can walk away. So the freedom to walk away and the freedom to be the best that you can be kind of go hand in hand. And they are really enhanced by the recognition that we are all one with God. Now back to my story about how we want to blame other people for our bad behavior. But believe me, seldom do I hear people blaming others or giving credit to others when something works out positively, which is unfortunate. What do you lose by uplifting others? So here's the story. When I was very young, I think I must have been 21 or 22, um, I um, I was 20 too because I had a baby. I would occasionally do substitute teaching. And we were on a military installation and so I would go I went to this school one day and it was it was cold and the principal was coming in telling us all that um, there had been an incident the day before, apparently a kindergartner, thank goodness it wasn't from my class that I was substituting in, had uh taken her coat off on her way home in the snow. And then she had decided she didn't like her boots. Now, why a kindergartner was walking home alone shows you the times we were in. That part was okay. And so she took off her boots. And she walked home barefoot with no coat. And her mother came in and wanted the kindergartner, teacher, fired Because the little kindergartner, and how old are they in kindergarten, five years old, four to five years old, had told her mom that her teacher had said it would be okay. So not only was this child allowed to put off her unacceptable, endangering behavior onto someone else, but the mother was
0: willing to do the same thing.
1: Is that an obscenely insane story? But true, I promise you, I heard that. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. And and you know what? I don't know that I necessarily rose to my highest self as a result of that, but I did certainly work always to treat and teach my daughters that they made their own life choices. No one else did, even when they were little kids. They had the right, and they were making those choices. Whether they had the right to make the choice they necessarily made, yes, they did. Was it a right choice? No, not always. I think that's called free will. And that's something that is imbued inside human beings, free will. And I dare to suggest to you that free will must be encompassed with freedom. The freedom to walk away. The freedom to choose things that you want to do with your life that others may not find noble. And the freedom to allow those things to happen without feeling that we necessarily have to go in unless someone is being harmed. But then it becomes a question of how do we define harm? Do you see this as this like just this circular, circular analysis? But the bottom line is, folks, since we don't have any grand solutions for all of this, and we don't have billions of dollars to spend to figure out what's going on, can I make a suggestion? Focus on you and being your best person. Focus on showing other people that you see more in people than they show you. Focus on exercising that right to not engage, to walk away. You don't have to walk away, you can just not engage. There's nothing more leveling than for someone to say, well, I guess we'll just have to disagree on that. And can you allow that in the moment? Can you see that being across from you as a being that is a temple for God that God resides in? Can you see us all as part of the body, and the body is one can you can you soften your vision so that you can even in doing something such as stripping someone of their freedom to act because they have harmed- harmed another, and you cannot allow that harm to go on? Can you in doing that? do so as your best self? Can you lead by love? Can we spend some time as a species thinking of solutions to our problems that don't involve extermination, violence, Can we spend some time seeing? On a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see God by my side. In ease and well being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted. Amidst the sparks of the flames I behold only God. If we can soften our vision to those around us, if we can believe that all of us Must focus on our conduct and treat others with respect and dignity and kindness and love. If we can look for solutions to revamp. And I don't think, I have to tell you, I don't think it's putting all the people who are not showing love and kind behavior in one place so that they can be unloving, unkind to each other. But I don't know what it is. I don't have that answer. But I know this for a fact, that my life is better because I treat people respectfully. My life is better Because at the end of the day, when I do my self-evaluation, I keep my focus on me and what I want to do better the next day. I know that my life is better when I place the people who cause me consternation in a line, sometimes slightly a very short line, and send to them one by one everything I want for myself in life. My life is better. My life is better when I accept that this moment is the way it is, and I have control over me. But I do not have control over others. Because how much of the chaos that we are living in life is really arising over slight, I mean slight things. Let's get frank, folks. What you call God does not matter in the end as long as you have the comfort and peace of God. Why would we care enough to kill, maim, and harm simply because someone chooses to worship differently than we do? how how significant is that in the scheme of things now in the scheme of things let me tell you we've allowed an awful lot of displacing and harming and and things going on there's been an awful lot there are there are definitely hurts there there are feuds going on but are they serving us are they serving us Do we spend time trying to figure out how to live together as opposed to how to live with revenge? When we have the revenge, does it undo anything that has gone on in the past? Or does it create a new vengeful moment, a new reason to continue this discord? this violence. God does not create trash. I accept that someday I may die. I do not know how I will die. But I know this. I know how I will live. I will live showing love. I will live with my best behavior. My best behavior will be judged against what I do, not against my trying to be better than someone else. I will treat people equally. I will not turn my back on harm for other people. But I will allow people without my judgment to engage in lifestyles that I do not understand. I will strive for people to have the freedom to leave. And I will spend my Sunday mornings talking to people about how I know that the God that is on either side of them in this room, in this giant stage that we have created with our prayer room, 1,780 people were in this circle. That's huge. That's huge. 1780 people. We have joined together. And when we multiply the fact that there is a God in between each person, that means that close to 3,600 spots were taken and growing as we all sit here together feeling the presence of God around us and choosing to ignite lives to stimulate behavior that sees more in others than they are showing us and that believes in the wonder of each and every one of us as a valuable, unique, important being. And when we fail to reach the mark we have set for ourselves, know and knowing knows. Each one of us knows that we can work again on it tomorrow. But our failure to meet the mark doesn't necessarily mean that the mark should have been met by us. Each failure opens the door for a new evaluation of what is important, valuable, needed, and wanted in our lives. Not getting what we want sometimes means that something, in fact, always means that something better is coming. Let us work together this week to see more in others than they are showing us. When we want to reach out and choke them, let us instead reach out with kind words. When we want to turn our backs on people because they do not work for us, they are not consistent with us, let us walk away with positive thoughts in our mind, sending them everything we want in life for ourselves. Let us remember to breathe and to ignite in ourselves the peace of freeing our mind of all thought, but the thoughts of love placed in our mind by God. Let us be all we can be And in doing that, let us work in peaceful ways to provide everyone an opportunity to turn and walk away. It is a blessing to have spent this time with you. I appreciate you, and I hope that you will call in someday. I will tell you this, I do not do the chat because I cannot do the chat and do this program at the same time. It just doesn't work. I'm going to let one down. And I decided I was going to stay connected with the program. When I used to have a co-host, then we would do the chat. And who knows, maybe someday a co-host will be coming again. In the meanwhile, I say peace to each of you. I invite you to be the cause of your experience. And to cause your experience to be grounded in love. I salute your inner divinity by saying to you namaste. And I send you peace. For every day of this week, as you learn to breathe. And as you breathe, you will feel the presence of God around you. And know you are never alone, but all one. Peace be with you now and always. Until next week, namaste.